let's go ahead and get started today. We are going to continue with the um, teaching series called Praying the Scriptures that Renita, Elder Renita started for us. Um, today we're going to talk about something that's really hard for a lot of people, forgiveness. We're going to deal with that. We have been in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to primarily focus on that 12th verse today, amen, which is, um, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Amen. Um, but before we re really dig into that, I just want to do a quick recap because we've been in this teaching series for a little bit. We've been in this for, um, I think this is probably the sixth week we've, we've been doing it. So just a quick little recap, catch everybody up because it actually all flows together because we've been doing this journey. We've been walking through the Lord's Prayer for, for a while. So just to do a little recap, um, we first started, when we first started this, we talked about um, how important it is to understand who actually wrote the book of Matthews and why we talked about Matthew being a tax collector turned disciple of Christ, right? So this is really important that we understand that because what we are reading is firsthand um, knowledge. This is just, I mean, he didn't hear this from anybody else. The events that we are reading about is, is a first-hand account of, of these events. So that's important. And then second, why was the book of Matthews written in the first place? Um, when Jesus ascended, you can read about that in the book of Acts. When he ascended to the Father, right, the disciples, um, they thought that he was coming right back like within their lifetime, right? Um, but when that became apparent that wasn't going to happen, that is when they decided they were going to write down the teachings of Christ. So what we're seeing in, in Matthews and really all the Gospels and, 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 and the New Testament is we, we're seeing the preservation of the teachings of Jesus. That's what we're reading. And, um, and that, that's really important because the, the, the event that we're talking about when we're talking about the Lord's Prayer, it really starts at the Sermon on the Mount, right? You can read about the Sermon on the Mount, you go back, this is the previous chapter that we're in now, um, chapter five. When you read that, you can see that, um, that Jesus is standing on top of, the, of a mountain, right? And that's why they call it Sermon on the Mount. And he saw a lot of people, the crowds and multitudes of people were there. And the scripture says that he sat down and began to teach. And many of us are familiar with what he taught on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers, but they shall obtain peace, blessed and pure heart, and so on and so on. If you keep reading that all the way through uh, chapter 5 and into chapter 6, uh, that's what is a lot of stuff that he taught the people, a lot of stuff right there. But at the end of that is where we're at right now, the Lord's Prayer. He began to teach the disciples how to pray, and this is, this is very significant. Uh, because he's teaching the disciples the proper way, the proper way to communicate with the, with the creator of the universe, our Father. And the first thing he said, and we talked about this, the first thing Jesus tells them um, is don't pray like the Pharisees. Don't, don't do that. The Pharisees, uh, they come into the synagogues and they want to be seen. You know, they want people to see them pray, right? Don't do that. Your prayer is a private conversation between you and God. You know, 
the Lord knows what you need uh, before you ask. So you go into your secret place. Or in other words, you have to get your mind right before you even pray. That's number one, right? And then number two, when he actually goes into the prayer, it starts out with, y'all familiar with this, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, with this part, when you get to that first part, now you are acknowledging God for who he is, who, who he truly is. You're, you're, you're addressing the creator of the universe for what he is. You know, we're blessing his name. We're giving him glory. That's, that's the second thing you do, right? And then you go into the next part of the prayer is what we talked about this. The second, um, the next part is, um, um, not give us a day our daily bread. What is it? No, before before give us today our daily bread. Before yeah, exactly. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as as it is in heaven. Now this is um, this is saying that you not not just his, his God's way of doing things in the earth, but also God's way of doing things in you. That is what you're saying in that part. And then we get to what we talked about last week, give us this day our daily bread. That's, that is, that part of the prayer is, um, is asking God for provision. You know, you are trusting um, the creator of the universe with your basic needs, right? You are saying, Lord, I need you, you know, for, for everything. And that, all of that brings us to what we're going to talk about today. It, it kind of feeds in to everything, you know, because first of all, you got to get your mind right. Second, second of all, you got to you got to address God for who He is, right? And then you're then you're acknowledging God for what He can do, right? All of that you say, all of that before you get to and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, Amen. And this can also be seen as a provision. Just like the previous verse, just like verse 11. This is, I mean, it's not a daily provision for food and for sustenance. This is a provision of mercy and, and grace that God gives. Right? He gives it because we ask for it. Amen? So um, what we're going to do now is everybody should have the notes. Who doesn't have notes? Who doesn't have the, um, the handout? Okay. Um, what we're going to do now is... Um, every time we do a Bible study, you know, I kind of like to define the words first, and, and this is very key. This is very, extremely important, and that should be in, in the notes right there. Um, we're going to first define all the key words that is used in verse 12. It's, it's really only three of them, right? And then next, we're going to break this verse apart. First, we're going to talk about the A part of the verse and forgive us our debts. We're going to deal with that. And then second, we're going to go into, as we also have forgiven our debt to us, which is the B part of the verse. Amen. So let's look at these, um, the words, the key words that are used in this text. <coughs> Y'all going to learn a little bit of Greek. Okay. <laughs> so um, the first one we're going to talk about is forgive. This is the Greek word, and it's pronounced Aphiomi. This Greek word means to dismiss. It means to let go. It means to have go away. 
as far as the east is from the west. You know, it means you stop taking offense. You know, so in other words, forgive means a clean slate. It means you, um, your slate is clean. You wipe the slate clean and you start lower. It means you don't keep records. You know, it's not like the way we use the word forgive today. You know, I, I, I forgive, but I don't forget. No, that's not what this is. This is you, when, you, when you forgive, you don't remember no more. It's gone. It's over. It's done. Amen? And so the next word is the word debt. This is the Greek word pronounced ophilema. And that means, it means a debt. It means the amount owed or the sum owed. It means a financial debt. Right? So this word in particular, it, it means that you owe some or actually you owe somebody a financial debt like a credit card bill or a student loan. It's a financial debt. Amen. And finally is the word debtors. It, it, that's pronounced um, ophiletos. And it means it's the same root word as, as the word debt, but it's now somebody owes you. They owe you a financial debt. And, and, um, and it means it has, it has a connotation that somebody did you wrong. They did you wrong and now they owe you a debt. Amen? And so when we put all three of these words together, right, to form this verse, right, it, it kind of gives us a, a really good insight of what Jesus is trying to teach us to pray. So let's look at um, that A part of the verse, and forgive us our debts. What is Jesus telling us to pray? When he, when he asks us and forgive us our debt, what is he saying? Is Jesus telling us to pray, God, forgive us our financial debt? Is that what he's saying? I would say, I would say yes, in a sense. Um, because after, after he teaches them how to pray, you know, Jesus gives a little bit of commentary after that, right? If you go, if you go past that, if you look at um, verse 14 and 15 of, of 6, I'm going to go to, I'm going to read it. Verse 14 and 15, it says this. If you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Right? And I want to pause right there because this, this is very key. It's very key to understanding the whole thing. When you look at verse 14 and 15, um, the Greek word that's tr that translates in the transgression, that's a completely different word than what we see in verse 12. It's completely different. The, um, the word um, debt is different than transgression. Amen. The, the word debt is a financial debt. Right? The word transgression, that transgression is different. Transgression is sin. Amen. Transgression is you don't cross the line. You don't did something outside of the will of God. You don't did something that um, that God did not create you to do. That's what transgression. So what is Jesus telling us? I believe that He did this on, on purpose because Christ is teaching us that that we are to look at our sin as a financial debt. 
whenever, whenever you sin, right, you owe God. You, you owe God. You owe a debt that you can't pay back yourself. You can't pay back. It, it can only be paid. The price of that sin can only be paid by what? The blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. You can't. You don't have enough money to pay that debt, right? And it's no. It's no more evident. Um, you know, all of you understand that Christ loves to teach in parables. He loves to teach in parables. And when he's teaching uh, the people about the kingdom of God and how the sin thing work. Uh, there's a parable, and if you turn your, I think it's on the, sh the second sheet in your notes. Um, this is um, Matthew chapter 18, and I like to call this, I mean, there's other, there's other ways that we use parables to describe um, how the kingdom of God works, how sin works. But I think this is by far the best one, because it explains a lot of stuff, right? Um, he doesn't just say something. And then, you know, not explain it, not expound on it. So this is the parable that, that I'm going to use. And if you look at the, the um, Matthew 18, if you look at 23, verse 23, <clears throat> excuse me, it says this, uh, it says this, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his slaves. Right? That, that's very important because in this parable, Jesus is teaching that, um, that um, you know, King, you know, God is trying to settle these accounts, these, these debt accounts, right? Because we know that, that when you transgress, you owe a debt. You owe a debt to the king that, that has to be paid. So Jesus is teaching us when we say, forgive us our debts, right? He's teaching us that we need to settle our accounts, all right? So in other words, um, I like to call that the sin transgression credit account. That's what I like to call it. It's the sin transgression credit account, right? Jesus wants us to always have a zero balance on that credit account. Because every time you sin, every time you have bitterness, every time you're angry, um, things of that nature. Anytime you do something outside the will of God, you charge something to your sin credit account, you can't pay it back. Amen? That's so that's what that's what that's what um, we're talking about in this in this text. Why? Uh, we know in Romans, Romans says the wages of sin is death, right? So all of these scriptures combined kind of tell the same thing if, if you read it. And um I think that, um, I think Jesus did it um, for another reason too. The reason why he said it in this way is he's trying to draw attention to, to how serious this thing is. You know, having a debt is, is, is really serious. You know, for, for us in 2019, it's just a way of life. You know, um, everybody got debt. You know, I got student loan debt. Bunch of, you know, you know, I got a bunch of credit cards that I charged up and everything. It don't mean that much in, in today's time. You know, some people don't even pay their debt, and, and it's fine. Like they, they they file bankruptcy and they get out of the debt. But in the time of Jesus, this was a very serious thing, and, and this is the why he used, he used this analogy. 
It's, it's a very serious thing. And if, if you go back to the parable in Matthew chapter 18, go back to the parable, um, gonna look at the 25th verse of that parable. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and read it. Verse 25 says this, but since he did not have the means to repay, talking about the slave, you know, the slave in this parable owed a bunch of money to the king, right? And he didn't have enough money to pay for it. So it starts right there. His Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children, all that he had, and repayment to be made. So the slave, verse 26, so the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me. I will repay you everything. And so in the parable, he's, he's trying to say, he's trying to highlight how important this thing is, you know. Have, having a debt is, is really important because not only can a king put you in jail, right? If, if you owe money to anybody in this day, um, they had the right to lock you up and until you, you know, so I mean, this, having a debt had a negative connotation. It was, it was something real serious, all right? And, and it's so serious that, um, you know, that Jesus uses analogy and he's, and he's trying to get us to see that we need to do this every day. Amen. This prayer, this model prayer that, that we're going, that we're walking through, you know, has to be done every day. So, and forgive us our debts needs to be a part of your daily prayer. Amen. And the scripture that I have for that is um, 2 Corinthians um, um, chapter 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, our bodies, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. So this, this is a daily thing that we should be doing. Amen? Like I was saying, if, if you get angry, if, if you have bitterness towards anybody, if you act in a malicious way towards anybody, you know, that gets charged to your sin or your transgression credit account. It gets charged, right? Now, how many times, I mean, it doesn't, even, doesn't matter. You can be saved sanctified, filled with the precious gift, but somebody is going to say something wrong to you and you're going to get angry. And guess what? You're going to have to get that fixed. You're going to have to go to, go to God so he can um, give you a zero balance. Amen? So, as we also have forgiven our debtors, as we also have forgiven our debtors, now, what does, what does this be part of the verse? What is it telling us? And I put this in your notes. It says, um, Jesus is teaching us to connect our practice of forgiveness with our experience in this part. So in other words, Jesus is asking us to give us a clean slate to everybody, to anyone who's done you wrong, to anybody. So if you have been forgiven, you must also forgive. If God has in fact extended grace and mercy towards you, 
then you should be extending grace and mercy towards other people. That's, that's the whole thing. Let's go back to the parable. This is um, Matthew 18. Let's look at that 31st verse. Matthew 18, 31. So when his fellow slaves saw what happened, let me tell you what happened. It happened in a couple of verses before that. Um, after the king um, forgave the slave in the parable for his debt, right? he pardoned his debt, um, the slave found another co-worker, another slave, that owed him some money. And he was real mean to him, real nasty. The scripture says that he choked him. It's right there. You can read it. It's right there. And um, he demanded that that slave pay him back. So that brings us to verse 31. So when his fellow slaves saw what happened, and that's what they're talking about, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slaves in the same way? Did I have mercy on you? So when we look at this parable, um, God is expecting us to show grace and mercy towards people. Right? If you have, in fact, been forgiven, right? he's expecting us to do that. And, and, it's, and it's interesting that in this parable, that the king called the unforgiving slave wicked. That's... That's, that's, that, that kind of stuck out when I was reading this. He called him wicked. And guess what? If, if we're honest, if you really think about it, all of us have been in the same position, this character. Every one of us has at some point in, in our lives. You know, God uh, saved you and filled you with a precious gift, and then you were mean to somebody else. You know, all of us, you know, you know I know I've done it before um, plenty of times. And um, so we have to, one of, the, one of the main things is that we have to understand, we have to recognize the consequences of that. You know, there's, there's a lot of different consequences in, to, to holding bitterness and anger and not forgiving. I mean, there, there, um, there's, there's been studies that show that, um, that, um, that, that it's harmful to your bodies when you don't forgive. It's, it's really powerful. But um, we don't have a whole lot of time to dig into that. I would love to dig into that because I did a lot of research on that part. So we're just going to deal with the spiritual part. Amen. And the spiritual part, 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 20 and 21. It's very clear. It's, uh, says this. I'm just going to read it. You can turn if you want to, but I'm just going to read it out, out loud. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, could be familiar to a lot of God. He is a liar. But for the, for the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should, should love his brother awesome. And so 1 John tells us that this is a commandment. This is this not only is, is this an expectation, it's also a commandment. 
that we forgive other people, that, that, we, that we extend grace and mercy towards other people. And not only that, that it also, when, when you hold that bitterness and anger and strife and stuff, it also grieves the Holy Spirit at the same time. Let's look at um, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, verse 31. Verse 31 and 32. It says, um, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also have forgiven you. So when you have all this stuff going on, it, 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 it stops the flow of the Holy Spirit. That's what this is telling us. You know, not only, and, and it it's also stops whenever, whenever somebody does something wrong to you. The, the, the way you respond also grieves the Holy Spirit too. If someone, someone's mean to you, if you, you're in traffic and you're driving and, and um, they end up cutting you off in traffic. You know, it happened to me all the time. It happened to me the other day, actually. You know, you get mad and angry and frustrated and whatnot. Um, guess what happens? You know, that breeze of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Holy Spirit starts getting quiet. And then your flesh starts getting louder. You start hearing your flesh louder. And, and that's a charge against your sin credit account right there. You got to go back and get that fixed. You know, the next time you pray, you got to go get that fixed. You got to ask the you know, Lord forgive me. Amen. And so, and that's really about it. Before she comes up, I just want to just do a, a, a summary of what, uh, everything we just talked about. Amen. How much time? Do you have? A few minutes. Yeah. So there's really there's really uh, three things that we need to take away from this verse. Number one is um, Jesus, the whole reason for Jesus doing this is that he wants us to have zero balances. He wants us to have settled accounts. He wants us to, um, to have that zero balance on a daily basis. Right? That's number one. And number two is that Christ wants us to walk in the freedom of of forgiveness that, that's, that's real important uh, now when, when, you, when you don't forgive when you're angry and you have this bitterness and frustration not only do you have that charge against your account um, but also it, it weighs you down when you're in sin it just, it's, like, it's like weights on you it's like you're in chains it's like bondage All right, and, and Jesus wants us to walk in in the freedom of, of being forgiven. You know? What I mean, what what does first John and one and nine? First one first John one and nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. So basically when you're when you're saying, um, Lord, forgive us our debts, first of all, you're you're that's a confession right there. That you know what? I've done some things outside of your will that need forgiveness. You're not going to ask God to forgive you for something that you didn't do. Right? Amen. 
mean, who does that? Nobody does that. So um, this is a daily thing. And, and the last thing um, is that that same grace and that same mercy that God has given us, we need to extend that to other people. Amen. And, you know, and just for, I mean, it's, it's real. There's some things that, that are really hard. You know, just the human part of it, the, um, the practical part of it, right? There, there are some, there's a lot of things that are hard to forgive. I know, you know, in my own personal experience, I've had, I've had some issues forgiving people. You know, my mindset used to be, um, if, if you come for me, I'm coming for you. That's what my mind said. I don't know about y'all, but that's how I used to operate. And um, the thing is, is, is this. It, this. This whole forgiveness thing, it, it all boils down to just love. It comes down in the end to your love for God. Right? What it, what it comes down to is your love for God must Exceed. It has to go past your desire to get them back. Your desire to take revenge. Your your desire to have bitterness. It has to. It, it, it must exceed that, right? So what we what we need to do in, in our private prayer, prayer time, and and I'm glad that Elder Renita um, actually had us walk us through this because it's it's very significant. It's very important, right? When you start out the, the Lord's Prayer, right, the first thing you do, you get your mind right, and then you honor God for who he is, and you worship him for what he's done. That ought to be enough right there. Just that there, just for who he is, for what he's done, should ought to be enough for you to say thank you, God. Thank you for your, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Right? That should be good enough for you to turn around and say, you know what? I forgive you, Jane, for what you did to me. John, I, I forgive you for, for what you did to me last week, whether it's last week or 20 years ago. You know? Because I had, I've had that, that happen to me. Somebody was mad at me for what I did when I was like 15 years old. It's, it's crazy. But don't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Miss Cheryl's going to come, and she's going to do her part. She's going to pray for us, and um, she's going to dismiss us. Amen. All right. Oh, you got something? I'm sorry. As I was looking at your uh, scripture, the parable that you used, something that I noticed in there, that, uh, according to the scripture that you have in Ephesians, uh, there was a process in this parable of forgiveness in verse 27. It says, and the Lord uh, uh, of the slave felt compassion, that's one thing, right. and released him, that's two things, and then he forgave the debt. Right. Okay, so one thing in the process of forgiveness is just not to say that you forgive. There is a compassion, a changing of the heart. Right. So that's one thing. And then most of the time, we go from compassion to just forgive the debt. So that's why when a person does it again, we remind ourselves. But the second step, it says, release him. So if you go back and read Ephesians 4, where the scripture says, get rid of all of this, get rid of the bitter, and that's the process of being released. 
that's when you go through uh, getting rid of all the things that's, that you're holding against that person. So if we go through that, that particular process, we won't revisit their sin again. But the reason why we keep revisiting someone's sin is because we don't release them. That's good right there. That's good. We don't release them. So if you, like, I mean, if you read uh, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 again, and let's, let's talk about the releasing those, those things that, that we're still holding. We remember how that other person's sin once they do it again because we have to let one process. All right, anybody else have something to add to, to, the, to the class or, or question? And I said the opinion that he says that his mercy is on you every morning. So we get brand new mercies every day. But, and I get brand new mercies for maybe something that I did yesterday. But it was yesterday, so it's new to today. And so, again, what you were saying about forgiving somebody for all the way, they may do the same thing again, but it's new again. It's not, you know, if we go down to it, it's the same old thing. You know how we talk to all ways, and you do the same old. But if we release them, it can't be the same old. It's new and new. And we have to be the same process. Right, forgiveness. today. Forgiveness is a clean yeah, state. Yeah, this day, yeah. Yeah, so our mercy is a new every day, and if I, Every day I'm the same thing that I'm like, I have great mercies for this brand new thing. But she'll fit it yesterday like I gave you, so it's brand new today. I'm going to forgive you again. Yes, it's a clean slate. Um, but to um, your point, um, it's a process to get to that clean slate, too. Yeah, it is. So, yes, it is. I just want to say, I like how you said that about having a, you know, it gave me another thought about having a zero balance. Anybody that uses the credit card and knowing that every time we sin, we're making a charge and then we have to pay it, you know, and that paying it is asking pay. for No, but I'm saying <laughs> the thought is paying, but it has to, the, the, the paying is asking for forgiveness. Right. That's the paying. It gets, so, it's, yeah. it gets paid by grace, right. by mercy. Right. As we ask for, as, as we ask for yeah. it. And so yeah. that made me think about, okay, I'm charging this, I did this today. So Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me for what I did today so that my account would be paid in full. Yeah. Yes. That's that's that that was good. That was a good visual for me. Yeah. Good visual. So anybody have any um, questions? If you got questions, you know, um, I don't. Anybody who's up here, um, I, I guarantee you, because I work with everybody who's been up here, um, they'd be able to answer, answer any question. You know, I don't want this is not um, um, standing up here and. Lecturing the whole time. No, this is a classroom atmosphere. If you got questions, uh, by all means, ask, ask the question. I, I feel like I've done enough Bible study to be able to answer questions. So if, if that's it, um, you can come. Yes, ma'am. Just a quick one. I just want you to expound more. When you were saying that you said something to the effect that uh, as we receive. Um, grace and mercy, our flesh has to decrease. If not, our flesh speaks more loudly than the grace and mercy that we've been given at the time that we get it. Did I understand you correctly? Is that what you intended to say? 
book was written because, like I said, for intercession. And what intercessories does is stand in the gap and build a wall. And we need to understand that prayer needs to be, intercessory prayer needs to be utilized more because that's to me is the focus of the church according to the book. And then as I wrote down here, what an intercessor does is stands in the gap and builds a wall. It is not as one of the 25 spiritual gifts that is mentioned in the New Testament. The gift of intercession is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to, pay, to pray for extended periods of time and on a regular basis and to see frequent and specific answers to their prayers to a degree much greater than which is expected of an average Christian. Okay, now let us bow our heads for prayers. Father God, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I come thanking you for this day, a brand new day that you have allowed to see, uh, let us see come through, and thanking you for who you are, what you have done, all you're doing, and all that you shall do. You and you alone are the greatest. You are the creator. You're omnipotent, you're omniscient, and you're omnipresent. You are the first and the last, the beginning and the end. There is no one like you. You are an awesome God, and you do awesome works. In your word, Matthew 6 and 12, you said, Forgive us our debtors as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we have also have forgiven our debtors. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to forgive others their sins so that we can be forgiven our sins. And you also said in Matthew 6, 14, for if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I pray that we are obedient and we be doers of the word and not hearers deceiving ourselves. James 1 and 5, because the word is true and <clears throat> it does what it says what it's going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.